1: Your resource for health and wellness is Wellness Radio 1570, KDIZ Golden Valley, a service of Salem Media Group.
2: With SRN News, I'm Rich Thomason in Washington. The latest employment report lit a fire under Wall Street this morning. Stocks shot higher at the opening bell, following word that employers grew their payrolls by 313,000 jobs last month. The most in 18 months. The unemployment rate is holding steady at 4.1%. The
0: workers who poured their souls into building this great nation were betrayed. But that betrayal is now over.
2: President Trump announcing tariffs on imported steel and aluminum. A 25% duty on steel, 10% on aluminum. Canada and Mexico are exempt from the tariffs, while talks on renegotiating NAFTA continue. And taking a look at the Wall Street stocks, the Dow is up about 156 points, the NASDAQ ahead 43, and the S&P is up 16 points. This is SRN News.
1: March is National Multiple Sclerosis Awareness Month. According to the National Multiple Sclerosis Society, because MS causes damage in the central nervous system, nearly any function can be adversely affected. However, the most common symptoms are overwhelming fatigue, Visual disturbances, altered sensation, and difficulties with mobility. Symptoms of MS are unpredictable and vary in type and severity from one person to another. This Wellness Spotlight is brought to you by Wellness Radio 1570.
3: Some warmer weather for us. We check your forecast here on Wellness 1570 leading up to Like It Matters Radio. Sunshine in mid-30s today, mostly cloudy, not as chilly as last night. We'll see 20 for the overnight low, then Saturday mostly cloudy. Could see a flurry, maybe a snow shower, but a high near 38. We get down to 26 Saturday night by Sunday, mostly cloudy, but near 40 for the high and sunshine and some warm temps as we begin next week. As I mentioned, Like It Matters Radio is next.
2: Want to fly somewhere? Looking for cheap flights or cheap tickets? Cheapest prices on U.S. and international airline tickets and hotels. Call right now for prices so low they can't be published. Travel experts are here 24 7 to help. 800 708 3091. 800
3: 708 3091. That's 800 708 3091.
4: Are you looking to change your cleaning service? Hi, this is Jessica Carter, and I'm the owner of CTC Professionals. We specialize in cleaning offices, car dealerships, and small businesses. One of the main things that makes us different is the fact that we are small, family-owned, and that enables us to offer affordable pricing. The first thing that I will do is meet with you, do a walkthrough of your facility, go over in detail what exactly you'd like done, and I ensure that it gets done at every cleaning. We use a detailed checklist, and we pay close attention to detail, and you're going to see that after each cleaning. So here's a no-risk offer for you. Try us free for one week, we'll clean your business, and then we'll ask you if you can tell the difference between what we do and your current cleaning company. No obligation, risk-free. We're CTC professionals. We would love to clean your business. So call me today at 651-404-0132.
1: Over two-thirds of Christian young people will step away from their faith while attending a non-Christian college or university. Recent research even shows that in a sample of 1,200 colleges and university faculty, 53% held unfavorable feelings toward evangelical Christians, while at the same time holding favorable opinions of most other religious groups. So how do we reverse this ever-rising tide? At Wellness Radio 1570, we believe we have a solution. Wellness Radio is proud to announce our exclusive partnership with Judson University. Through our partnership, we are excited to offer a limited number of special grants designed to decrease the cost of tuition by over half, making a private Christian college education even more attractive and affordable. These tuition grants are available now. Call me, Alyssa Brecken, at 651-289-4406 to learn more, or visit our website at TwinCitiesTuitions.com. That's TwinCitiesTuitions.com.
5: Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am Mr. Black, your blessed radio host, your radio live cat. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we are talking about leaders remember the right thing. You know, ladies and gentlemen, this role of a leader is not easy. We are a big sponge. And boy, I've studied the mind for years. And one thing I learned years ago is I've met the enemy and he's living in my shorts. If other people said and did to us what we do in our own heads, we'd never tolerate it. We'd never tolerate it. And I used to say leaders remember. But leaders really remember the right things because there's a lot of our stuff from our past that we should not remember. All our screw-ups, all our disappointments... Uh, our pound of flesh, all the people that have done wrong to us, our record of wrong, where we keep that record of wrong, where we keep that pound of flesh, where we get that resentment, where we get that regret, where we get that resistance, uh, and we just become a bitter, angry person. And I'm going to tell you right now uh, that there's some key words that a leader must know what they mean. Remember, remind, recollect, reframe. Today, I should call it the reshow. Because we really got to think it's really not, doesn't matter what happens to us in life. What matters is how we remember it, how we remind ourselves about it, how we recollect it, how we reframe it. That truly does dictate. So it does matter what we remember. It does matter what we hold on to. Even the good book is pretty clear about that. You know, we're supposed to be careful little eyes, what we see. We're supposed to only focus on, on those things that are good and pure, that are profitable. Uh, We're supposed to uh, forgive and have mercy and grace. Uh, We're supposed to keep our minds focused on what God has done to us and for us instead of what other people have done to us and against us. And so today's show is called Leaders Remember the Right Things. And I want to share a poem with you and see if you know who I'm talking about. The eyes fit into little holes, the nose, ears, mouth do too. Of course, you have some choices but not more than just a few. The parts are made of plastic, though way back in my youth, the body was a real potato. That's the doggone truth. The toy came with accoutrements, I love that word, each pointed like a stud, when you stuck with wild abandon into any uncooked spud. I told this to my grandkids' mom, who when her own mom spoke of using a potato, she assumed it was a joke. But creativity was once so simple we've forgotten. The only drawback was our masterpiece at times went rotten. Of course, that is Mr. Potato Head. And let me tell you why. Because every time we put Mr. Potato Head back together, we remembered him. And I want you to get that picture because that's what we do. We experience life one time and then we remember it. And it doesn't really matter what happens to us. I'm going to tell you this right now. I know that sounds weird. I'm not downplaying that people have done bad things to us. I'm not downplaying that uh, you know man's inhumanity. Man is well documented. What I'm talking about is power. What I'm talking about is freedom. What I'm talking about, the way you remember something dictates how you hold on to it. And the the good book is pretty clear. The Bible says, "As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he." In other words, what we hold on to over and over and over, we remind ourselves. We put it back together. Remember, to think is to create. We were made to create. I love this uh, this other poem called Mr. Tato Head by C.J. Heck. It says, I'm really very angry and I'm really uh, very mad. I can't find my happy face. It's gone and now I'm sad. I was playing that dumb game called Mr. Tato Head. And my big brother yelled at me, I don't like the things he said. I was sticking into eyes, then I found a just right nose. But when I stuck his mouth in, that wasn't where it goes. So I pulled the mouth back out and I stuck it back in there. But when I tried to give him ears, his dumb mouth fell on my chair. I pushed his mouth in one more time, then I poked in both his shoes. I couldn't find the purple hat. But that's what I always lose. Then the whole thing fell apart. Everything came all unhooked. That's when my brother yelled at me, Dork, you don't use a tato that's cooked. (laughs) Boy, there's some drama, right? There's some drama. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we are talking about leaders remember the right thing. And so I love this poem from Mountain Dreamer. It's called, I don't care what you Do you for a living. I want to know what you long for and if you dare to dream of meeting your heart's longing. I don't care how old you are. I want to know if you'll risk looking like a fool for love, for your dream, for the adventure of being alive. I don't care what planets are framing your moon. I want to know if you've touched your own sorrow, if you've been opened by life's betrayals, Or have you become shriveled and closed from fear of further pain? I want to know if you can sit with pain without moving to hide it or fix it. I want to know if you can dance with joy and let the ecstasy fill you to the tips of your fingers and toes without causing us to be careful, be realistic, or to remember the limitations of being human. I don't care if the story you are telling me is important. I want to know if you can disappoint another to be true to yourself. If you can bear the accusation of betrayal and not betray your own soul. I want to know if you can be faithful and therefore be trustworthy. I want to know if you can see beauty even when it's not pretty. And if you can experience your life on the edge of the the lake and shout to the silver of the full moon, yes. I don't care to know where you live or how much money you have. I want to know if you can get up after a night of grief and despair, weary and bruised to the bone and do what's needed to be done for the children. I don't care who you know or how you came to be here. I want to know if you will stand in the center of the fire with me and not shrink back. I don't care where or what or with whom you've studied. I want to know what sustains you from the inside when all else falls away. I want to know if you can be alone with yourself and if you truly like the company you keep in the empty moments. Nothing matters to me but who you truly are, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason I like that is because that's how we need to be. We need to remember who we are. We need to remember why we're here. We need to remember what's our purpose. Because I'm telling you right now, leaders remember the right things. And these existential questions are so critical. Because when things get tough, we go to what we know. And the Bible says the dog returns to its vomit. But you know, if you study the right side and the left side of the brain, your left side of your brain is your memory; it's your hard drive; it's your verbal, more logical, analytical side. It's where you store everything. Your right side is those special has those special endowments that make us human beings, and we create on the right side. We're conscious on the right side. We're emotive on the right side. And so we need to remember those key questions because when life gets tough, we go to default. When we get into battle, we go to second nature. That's why in the NFL, a good DB is short-term memory loss. You don't know, if you got burned the last play, you forget it. You just go B and you get out of your head. You don't think about it. And when we can get on autopilot and just act, that's because we have a program in place. And that program that every leader needs to have in place is who they are, why they're here, what's their purpose. That's why in my training, I help people create a mission and a vision I help people clean up some stuff from their past that's not serving them well today. And I help them remind, remember who they are. I help them remember those core values. You know, if I was to go up to your your best friend in this world and ask them to give me five words to describe you, what would you want those five words to be? And whatever that answer is, those are things that are important to you. Those are five words that you should have in your forefront of your brain. And today on Like It Matters Radio, not only are we going to talk about leaders remembering the right things, but I really want to go into the structure of how we're made, how we remember things, how our mind works, how because it's incredible. And so today, put on your uh, a scuba gear, because we're going to go deep. Today, we're going to go deep. Today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about leaders remember the right thing, because when life gets tough, it is that remembering that's going to carry you through. We'll be back in three minutes.
0: Life is expensive. Having a second income now and through retirement will allow you to live life the way you want and avoid being married to your job. In just a few hours a week, you can learn the skills to profit from trading and investing by using our proven rules-based strategy at Online Trading Academy. We focus on low-risk, high-reward trades that mirror the tools Wall Street uses to make that second income so you never outlive your retirement dollars while providing you life's most precious asset, time. Let's get you on a path to financial freedom, allowing you to live the life you've always dreamed of. Call OTA at pound 250 on your cell phone for a free investing workshop or register at learnwithota.com. Again, that's learnwithota.com. Online Trading Academy.
7: Radio!
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, and you can call me Mr. Black. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about leaders remember the right things. You know, ladies and gentlemen, we only go through life one time, and then we remember it, and then we remind ourselves, we recollect it. And those three words are so powerful. Uh, And, you know, whenever I think of the word remember, I think of Mr. Potato Head. Because whenever we put Mr. Potato Head and put all his body parts back on Mr. Potato Head, we always remembered him. Remember your arms and your legs, they are members. They are members. In the Bible, we're called members of the body, right? The body of Christ, the church. And we remember. So life happens to us one time And then we remember, we put it back together, and then we store it. It's codified in our minds as things we saw, things we heard, things we felt, things we smelt, things we tasted. And I always say leaders remember the right thing uh, because you can accomplish so much more. I mean, let's think about this honestly. One of the stories, whether you believe in God or not, that most people know uh, is the story of David and Goliath. Whether someone goes to church or doesn't go to church, they've probably heard the story of David and Goliath. And if you don't know the story, you can go to the Old Testament in the Bible, and it's in First Samuel 17. And David was just a boy when all this happened. But if you don't know this, there are rules to war. You know, a lot of people are blown away when they say there are rules to war. Absolutely, there are rules to war. It's a gentleman's, uh, you know, activity. I don't say game. It's not a game. But there are rules to war, and that's why with ISIS and, and some of these al-Qaeda, some of these other terrorist, Muslim terrorist groups, they're cowards. Uh, they don't abide by the rules of war. They, they wear civilian clothes. They hang out in hospitals and around kids. Uh, they fire from civilian places. Uh, I mean, they just violate every rule of war. But there are rules of war. In the old days, before we had you know, smart bombs and uh, guided missiles and all that, You know, people actually had to line up. People went in rows, and they went toward each other with swords and with shields, and they just killed each other. And and you really didn't want to be on the front line because, boy, you're on the front line, you're basically going to die. That's why when you know David uh, committed adultery and slept with Bathsheba, uh, he had Uriah put on the front lines, basically signing his death warrant that he was going to die just to cover up his sin. And so in the old days, uh, instead of us slaughtering each other's militaries, uh, we would come to an agreement uh, that they would uh, take, the, the one army would take their best soldier, and you would take your best soldier, uh, and then they would do battle. And then whichever one won, uh, that army would be the victor, and there would be terms of surrender and all that stuff set up ahead of time. And so in First in Samuel 17, that's what's going on. Basically, the Philistines had encroached on the Israeli army. Uh, They had to surround them. Uh, And uh, every day uh, what happened was uh, the Philistines would send out their best soldier and challenge the Israeli army to send out their best soldier. Uh, And and the problem was uh, the Philistines' best soldier was Goliath of Gad, Uh, nine foot, nine inches tall. He was a giant. Uh, What do you call him? Nephilims, I think they called him. He was a giant. And boy, he was pretty scary, and for forty days in a row, uh, you know uh, Goliath would come out and not only mock uh, Israel's God but mock Israel in the Bible, they talk about you know that these Israelis were hiding in caves, they were hiding under stones. I mean they wanted nothing to do with it, even King Saul, Saul was the king at the time. Uh, king Saul offered his uh his his daughter in marriage. Uh, offered a a seat at the king's table for life. I mean, you got to eat at the king's table for life and you're ready for this? No taxes. I mean, even back then people didn't want to pay the taxes. And so that was a pretty sweet deal. But the problem is what good is it if you uh, have no head? What good is it if you're dead? And so nobody would take up uh, King Saul and his offer. They'd hide. They'd run. Uh, Goliath would come out and mock him. I mean, they didn't want to basically hand up their life. And so uh, Jesse, David's father, uh, sent David to the uh, front, to the war front with some bread because, you know, his brothers were in battle. And he sent to the war front with some bread. And so David went up with some bread. And as he went approached the, uh, uh, the troops, he had heard Goliath Mocking uh his God, mocking israel and, and and David went up and said, "You know, I'll fight him now David's just a little boy. I don't think he's been anointed yet to be a king yet, so just a little boy, and uh so he's so little he actually they went to put Saul's armor on him, and- Saul was a pretty big dude, he's six foot tall, he was a big boy, that's why they picked him to be king, but I mean his armor was so big he couldn't put it on him, he was just a boy. He was just a boy. As a matter of fact, when David went up uh, and to approach Saul, I mean, David's brothers were around Saul, and David's brother mocked him. So mocked him. So, yeah, I mean, put him down and kind of basically talked about his ego and all that. I mean, put him down. So he was mocked by people he knew, his friends. He couldn't wear the armor that Saul had because it was too, too big. So what David did is the only thing that David knew. David was a master slingshotist. I mean, he could split a hair with a stone. And back then in the old days, boy, when you, you could put a, 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 a rock, a good slingshot artist could put a rock uh, on top of a pin, you know, I don't know how far away, 100 feet away. And so what happened was David went down to the brook and he picked up five stones. And we don't know why five, because all he needed was one. Maybe it's because Goliath had four brothers. Uh, maybe that's why. But it doesn't matter. But he picked up five stones. And as he approached David, I mean, as he approached Goliath, Goliath actually mocked him. He said, like, you come at me with like a dog with sticks and stones. And I'll paraphrase David. Yeah, buddy. And David took one stone and placed it between the eyes of Goliath and knocked him dead. Knocked him dead. And let me tell you why. When the entire Israeli army, when the king of Israel, when everybody's hiding and shirking back and hiding in caves and hiding under trees and all that, you know what David did? David remembered. See, David had been in that valley before. Matter of fact, the scripture says that David had slain the lion and the bear with a slingshot. Now, I'm sure some of you out there are pretty good hunters. You like to do the bow hunting, like do the rifle hunting. You know, it's a you know, feel primitive, primal, you know, you know, (laughs) but let's be honest. How many of you have ever killed a lion or a bear with a rock, with a stone? So I always tell people, you know, hurting people hurt people. You can ban all the guns you want, but man, I don't know about you. I'd rather be shot in the head than butchered together. I'd rather been shot once or twice and die uh, than get knifed to death or axed to death, Right. Hurting people hurt people, and I always say, God throws stones, so you can bat all the guns you want, but God throws stones. David was successful because David remembered who he was. David remembered what he had done before. David remembered whose he was. David remembered what his purpose was, and that's why I love the story. It's not a biblical story in essence. It's a story about leadership. But it's a story whether you believe in God or not, every single human being has heard or is aware of. And that's what you got to get. you got to understand how we work. Because if you're in the car business, you know how cars work. If you're in the people business, you know how people work. But you got to know how we work. Why? Because the structure of our existence is what goes on autopilot. And it's one thing to have your mission and your vision, to know why you're here, who you are, whose you are, where you're going. But you also need to know the power of the mind. You know, he's talking about transactional analysis and Dr. Eric Byrne. Love Dr. Eric Byrne and his work with transactional analysis. But part of Dr. Uh, Byrne's work with transactional analysis is based on Dr. Wilder Penfield. In 1951, Dr. Wilder Penfield began a series of scientific experiments, and Penfield proved using conscious human subjects by touching a part of the brain, the temporal cortex, with a weak electrical probe that the brain could be caused to play back certain past experiences and the feelings associated with them. The patients replayed these events and their feelings despite not normally being able to recall them using their conventional memories. In addition, not only were vivid pictures of what th- that person's past revealed, but also the feelings and emotions associated with that event were uncovered. These patients would recite these events, even though in many cases they were events that the patients were unable to recollect on their own. Penfield carried out these and similar experiments for many years. Some of the key conclusions that it reached went on to influence Dr. Byrne in his development of transactional analysis. Penfield's experiments went on over several years and resulted in wide acceptance of the following conclusions: First of all, the human brain acts like a tape recorder, and whilst we may forget experiences, the brain still has them recorded. They are tucked away in our unconscious mind. they are scored and recorded in our our, our experiential aquarium also along with events, the brain also records records the associated feelings. And both feelings and events stay locked together. They're an anchor. Two things are tied together. It's like you solder two pieces of metal together. When you pick up one piece of metal, the other one comes with it. He also says it is possible for a person to exist in two states simultaneously. Because patients replaying hidden events and feelings could talk about them objectively at the same time. And he come, came understood that hidden experiences when replayed are vivid and affect how we feel at the time of replaying. And so after the break, we're going to go through this transactional analysis and understand that it does not matter what happens to us. What matters is how we remember it, how we remind it, how we recollect it. And so as a leader, our job is to reframe, to constantly reframing our experiences so that we can be more successful, more profitable in the now moment. So I am Mr. Black. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. We'll be back in three minutes to talk about leaders remembering the right things.
6: Did you know approximately 980 Minnesotans will be diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year? Only 88 will live to see the year 2022.
3: Hey, good day. Welcome to our super cold show, eh? Hey, good day to you, hoser. Hey, you know what the best thing about winters in Minnesota are? (laughs) I know. It's my Arctic Spa and Swim Spa. They're made in Canada for these ultra-cold Minnesota winters, eh? You know, you keep saying that, but what exactly does that mean? Hey, they got that patented forever floor that doesn't need a concrete slab, eh? And... They got that patented walk-on cover that holds up to a 1,000 pounds of snow, eh? And everything in between. Arctics are built for the cold. In fact, anyone can build a hot tub. But Arctic knows how to make them work in the harshest of environments. You should see everything they put into these spas. <laughs> yeah, and how they are in the power bills, are too, Are you man. kidding? That's what Arctic does best. Hot water for very little dough, eh? Yeah, so if you're looking to buy one right now, eh? Or just making the plans, visit Premier Pool in Chanassin today, eh? And see what a true cold cold weather spa looks like. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. Online at premierpools.com. Take off, A.
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, like it matters, inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy, Mr. Black. And if you miss any of this radio show, a couple ways you can do this. First of all, you can listen to us uh, wherever you are in the world through iHeartRadio. Your little app on your phone, app on your computer. You just query. You just go on iHeartRadio and search Wellness Radio fifteen seventy one five seven zero. That is based on our connection to the Minneapolis uh, um, Twin Cities Wellness Radio Network. So if you query Wellness Radio fifteen seventy, there you'll find us every Monday through Friday from nine to ten a.m. One hour a day Central Standard Time. And then they replay us from 5 to 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can also go to likeitmattersradio.com. And you can uh, listen to archive messages. You can also see all the different local radio stations. I mean, we're local in the St. Louis area. We're local in the Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Uh, we're local in the Richmond, Virginia area. You can listen to us whenever you want on likeitmattersradio.com. You can listen to us from 9 to 10 a.m. Central Standard Time and 5 to 6 p.m. replay Central Standard Time on iHeartRadio. And I'd love to hear if you. may Email me at Black at likeitmattersradio.com. dot com. Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com. dot com. And today we're talking about leaders remembering the right thing. You know, I have a lot of different uh, disciplines, uh you know, neurolinguistic programming, uh, multiple intelligence, logotherapy, um uh, emotional intelligence, constant, never ending improvement. I eat scripture, so I'm uh versed in the Bible well. But I also transactional analysis is one of my favorite. You know, what Dr. Eric Byrne did, and I think the book was uh, the games people play. In the 60s, he wanted to take the complex field of psychology and put it into layman's term. And he came up with the concept of, of transactional analysis. And the transaction is communication. There's a stimulus and a response. But this is important to understand that Dr. Burns says your stimulus does not dictate the response. What happens is we go into our three channels. We go into our visual channel, our auditory channel, our kinesthetic channel. We see something, we say something, we feel something, and then based on that, we respond. And that's why before the break, I was talking about uh, Dr. Wilder Penfield, uh, because Dr. Byrne relied a lot on his research. And Dr. Penfield began a series of scientific experiments using conscious human subjects by touching a part of the brain and the temporal cortex with a weak electrical probe. And then what would happen, the brain would then play back certain past experiences and the feelings associated with them. And Dr. Penfield's research has been used by a lot of people, whether you talk about Dr. Gardner, whether you're talking about uh, uh, Dr. Burns. And Penfield uh, learned a few things in his experiments. Uh, First of all, he learned the human brain acts like a tape recorder. And whilst we may, quote, forget experiences consciously, The brain still has them recorded. Remember, um, I don't know, 87 to 95% of everything we do is unconscious. So we go through life all the time. We're going through it, but we're not consciously aware. But there's a lot of things that are happening, internal and external, that even though we're not conscious of it, it is being stored. It is being recorded in our unconscious mind. It's always there. That's important because as we do deep structure work, and I coach and I mentor and I I do life caddy work with people, I got to go back to certain points and places that were traumatic, that were like um, switch yards. You know, when you go to a a train station, uh, you'll see when they're coming in, they have these little switch stations where it comes in a single track and then it splits off to two tracks and then there's a splitter. And depending on whether that lever's up or down, that train will go the right or the left. And there's a lot of those in our past, uh, choices, uh, points of reference, forks in the road, uh, where we might not be conscious that up until that point, we were one way and that point, we were different. Uh, but after we got to that place, we started do things different or something changed. And a lot of times when I'm de- doing deep structural work, I got to go to that place and help them find that place. Now, even though they don't consciously remember it, even though it's not you know readily available on their desktop, it's not random access memory. That's why we put things on our desktop so they're readily available. This is not RAM. This is deep down, but I can help you find it. And so he realized also that along with events, the brain also records the associated feelings. And that's why that ties in transactional analysis. Remember that. Along with the events, the brain also records the associated feelings. And both feelings and events stay locked together. They're soldered together. They come. We pick up one, the other one comes with it. Uh, in my training, we do all our own music. And right before the start of each module, I played the same song outside the door. We blasted inside the room, and it's pounding. The walls are shaking. And they can hear it as they're waiting to come in the room. It's called Raise the Bar. Every single module, they start class. They have that anticipatory feeling of coming in class, of you know, going through the fiery furnace, of raising the bar, of, of being challenged and pushed like you were in boot camp. And so every time they have that feeling getting ready to come to class, because it's the unknown. And I attach that sound of that song to that feeling. And so by the end of the week, those two things are soldered together. And for the rest of that person's life, I created what's called an anchor. An anchor is something auditory, visual, or kinesthetic that elicits a certain state. And so for the rest of their life, whenever they hear the auditory sound of that song, That kinesthetic feeling, that anticipatory feeling will come with it because we've attached the two things together. And that's what Dr. Penfield is talking about. Along with events, the brain also records the associated feelings, and both feelings and events stay locked together. He also goes on to say that it's possible for a person to exist in two states simultaneously because patients replaying hidden events and feelings could talk about them objectively at the same time. And lastly, he says, hidden experiences when replayed are vivid and affect how we feel at the time of replaying. That's why you got to understand what's going on. So the key point here is there's a certain connection between mind and body, i.e. the link between the biological and the psycholo- psychological, a psychological fear of spiders and a biological feeling of nausea. Do you see how they're connected? And Penfield's use was work was used a lot by Dr. Byrne. <clears throat> so sorry, no voice from this weekend. So now let's go back. There's a stimulus and response. The stimulus does not dictate the response, because that's what transactional analysis is. It's a transaction. Remember the old days and the dial-ups. You know, we'd uh, type in, something, we'd dial up our computer and go D, and then all of a sudden go D, and when it was that high-pitched D sound, you knew that a transaction was taking place, it was connecting. And that's what you gotta think of a transaction in transactional analysis. And transactional analysis is the study of communication. And so there's a stimulus, someone does something, says something, and then you respond to it. But you gotta remember the mind is six times faster than we can talk, did you hear that? Your mind is six blocks down the road when your mouth is engaged. My dad used to say, you might engage your mind before opening your mouth. (laughs) And it's so true, right? So there's a stimulus and a response. The stimulus does not dictate the response, Dr. Byrne said. Dr. Byrne says what happens is we go into our three channels. The auditory channel where we hear something, the the visual channel where we see something, or the kinesthetic channel where we feel something, something tactile or an emotion. And all of it's based on our past. you got to get this. It's not just based on our past. It's also based on the narrative in our head. Because remember, that's technically what's playing out. You know, Jesus Christ was crucified. And while he was on the cross, Jesus Christ said seven things. I always tell you, if you're a believer in God, the God of the Bible, I should say, then you should know what the Son of God said when he paid the price for all of our sins. And he said seven things. And the very first thing he said was, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. You know, when Pontius Pilate was having them flogged, 39 whips with a cat of nine tails, Jesus Christ never uttered a word. It was a way for the Romans to get you to confess. They beat you until you confessed. And once you confessed, they'd give you all your lashes with the lash. But they would just lay them on you so you wouldn't get the full brunt of your flesh getting ripped off and your, your your skin being cut open. But he never uttered a word. When Jesus Christ was being mocked by the soldiers, spit upon, asked questions by Herod, asked questions by Pontius Pilate, he held his tongue. And even one of them said, well, I have the, I have the, the life and death. Your life and death is in my hands and you won't even respond to me. See, Christ taught us to stand in the gap. And I've always heard the thing about stand in the gap, but I didn't know what the gap was. I now get it. Studying Dr. Penfield's work, studying Dr. Uh, Eric Burns' work. The gap is the space between stimulus and response. Jackie Robinson was selected of a group of five other black people on who would be the first black player in the major leagues. And the reason why Jackie Robinson was picked, because Jackie Robinson stood in the gap. Because Branch Rickey knew that Jackie Robinson was a man of God, that he would hold his tongue, that people would say mean things and brutal things, spit on him, call him the N-word, call his family terrible things. And he knew that Jackie Robinson was a man of God, that he would hold his tongue. He was a strong enough man that these people could hurl these insults and spit upon him. And he knew that Jackie was a big enough man that he could hold his tongue because that's what had to take place for them to break the, the, the hatred and the bigotry and the racism of this world at that time, or I should say America at that time. And so that's what leaders do. Leaders occupy the space between, you know, Dr. Viktor Frankl, who's uh, considered the the father of logotherapy, says this, between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your power and your freedom. That's what I'm talking about, the space between stimulus and response. And after the break, I want to go into the ability to reframe. Let's say it's not you're in the now moment, you're holding your tongue, you're doing things well, but what you're struggling with is with things that happened in the past, your child of origin issues, your family of origin issues, what happened in your childhood, what happened back there. You know who you are, you know why you're here, you know who you are, you can control yourself in the now moment, you got control of that tongue, but now how do we deal with the stuff in the past that keeps reminding us, that keeps haunting us, that keeps holding us back? And that's what we'll deal with after the break. I am Mr. Black. We'll be back in three minutes.
4: Yes, I did it. Thank you, Mr. Black.
5: Are those your grades for this
3: semester?
1: They sure are. All A's and one B.
3: But what about your learning disability
0: and
1: your struggles in school? Not since I got my brain map done at Like It Matters. I now know how I best learn and the unique way that God made me. No more learning disability.
5: You are unique. Nobody has your fingerprints and nobody is wired exactly like you. We now have the ability to show you God's fingerprints for your life through yours. The unique print on each of your fingers is a duplicate of the neural pathway in that corresponding lobe of your brain. With our exclusive brain map, we can capture your fingerprints and give you a 35-page map of your brain, your gifts, talents, and innate resources. This information is the key to unlocking your God-given potential and truly living your life like it matters. If you're ready to maximize the potential you were created with, email Mr. Black at likeitmattersradio.com or call 817-502-1554. life across
4: America, the Billboard
1: people. My dad says I'm his pride and joy. My mommy says
5: I was her big surprise.
7: Across America.org. Pro Life Across America is educational, non political, and tax deductible. Please help support our life saving outreach. A baby child is being 18 days from conception. Life Across America.
5: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio Radio. Like It Matters inspiration, education, and application. I am your blessed radio host, your radio life caddy. And you can call me Mr. Black. And please, if you missed any of this radio show, you can listen again. Just go to likeitmattersradio.com, likeitmattersradio.com. If you're truly interested in living your life like it matters and taking all these things that we teach you, and do something with it, then go to likeitmatters.net. Because two and a half days uh, in the world of Mr. Black with Leadership Awakening, uh, man, uh, incredible. Uh, and we're going to be all over the world. We're going up to uh, um, Richmond, Virginia. You know, we just started a radio show in Richmond, Virginia. And so in June, we'll be in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, in beginning of June, we'll be in Southern California. Uh, July, we're in uh, Chicago. We're in uh, Minneapolis. So go to likeitmatters.net. And you can take a look uh, at our schedule. You know, Dr. Norman Vincent Peale said, the more you lose yourself in something bigger than yourself, the more energy you have. And that losing yourself is in your cause. It's delicious. It's intoxicating. And today we're talking about leaders remember the right thing. And sometimes, boy, we, we have to reframe our past. We can remind ourselves who we are. That's why we have a mission statement, vision steps. Um, your mission is who you are. It's why you're here. It's what you do. It's the quality in which you do it. Your vision steps is your how. You know, that eulogy. You know, we, we write our eulogy. If you think about it, the end of our lives, our eulogy is basically the way we live our lives. The way we're remembered is based on how we lived. You know, at our eulogy, we are, our life is put back together. It's remembered. You know, I love this uh, a poem by Ron Tranmer called The Dash Between. I knelt, th- I knelt there at the headstone of one I loved and cried. Name with dates of birth and death was perfectly inscribed. I pondered these two dates and how little they both mean when compared to the tiny dash that lies there in between. The dash serves as an emblem of our time here on the earth. And although small, it stands for all, our years of life and worth. And our worth will be determined by how we live each day. We can fill our dash with goodness or waste our life away. To ourselves as well as others, let's be honest, kind, and true, and every day live the way we know God wants us to. May we look for opportunities to do a worthy deed and reach out with compassion to those who are in need. For if our hearts are full of love throughout our journey here, we'll be loved by all who knew us and our memory there hold dear. And when we die, these memories will bring grateful, loving tears to all whose lives were touched by the dash between our ears. Our ears, our ears, our ears. And that's what we're talking about. Just like people remember the right things about us to deliver our eulogy. They don't remember all the terrible things. They don't remember all the bad stuff. I just delivered my dad's eulogy, and it was a focus on someone's life. A good friend of mine, Laser Ed, had to deliver his mother's eulogy. She died, and boy, it was great. I mean, they were laughing. She was a lighthearted person, humor, and he loved that they had a lot of fun at her funeral. It was a memory of her remembering who she was. And leaders, we've got to do that same thing while we're alive. Because what we do when we're alive really dictates how people remember us when we're no longer here. And so Dr. Viktor Frankl told us the power is in the space between. Between the stimulus and the response, there's a space. And in that space is your freedom. It's your power. And that space is called the now moment. There's a place between stimulus and response. And that deals with us in the now moment, how we can control our tongue. How we cannot let in, because no one makes you mad. You got to get this. No one makes you angry. No one makes you shut down. Now people do things and then we react to them. But that's us. That's not them. No one can make you mad. No one can make you bitter. No one can make you angry. Yeah, there's a stimulus. They say something, they do something. But again, it's what you do in the space between. Remember, the mind is six times faster than we can talk. So after someone says something or does something, we automatically, unconsciously, without thinking about it, on autopilot, we see something. Maybe someone that did something to us like that in the past. We say something. Maybe we're tired of being treated this way. Maybe we hear our father putting us down. Or we feel something. Maybe we feel that knot in our stomach like we used to feel when our dad used to beat us. Or maybe we feel like this person doesn't care about me. Or maybe we feel like this person believes in me. Whatever that is. Then based on what we do in those three channels, then we respond. Otherwise, you would not have record of Jesus being crucified. And his first words out of his mouth were, Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. So you got to understand that nothing in life has meaning except the meaning we give it. We put frames around things. And a frame is the way in which a thing is put together, an established order to shape and a form. And because we were made to create, to think is to create, we were made in God's image, the creation class, we got to know that we can also reframe. Just because something happens a certain way doesn't mean you can't alter the framing around it. When you change the frame on a picture, you change the matting, you change what your eyes are drawn to. And so frames give meanings to words. It changes our internal representation. The meaning of any experience in life depends upon the frame we put around it. Nothing in the world has any meaning except the meaning we give it. How we feel about something and what we do in the world are dependent upon our perception of it. If we perceive something as a liability, that's the message we deliver to our brain. Then the brain produces states that make it the reality. If we change our point of view by looking at the situation as an opportunity, we can change the way we respond to situations in life. And I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of keys in life, a lot of key points. You know, I do shows every once in a while, the five key points and all that. I don't know if they're actually what the five are, but there are so many key points, and here's one of them. The key to success in life is to consistently represent your experience in ways that support you in producing even greater results for yourself and for other people. Just like the Bible says, not everything, nothing's illegal if you're a child of God, but not everything's profitable. The key to success in life is to consistently represent your experience in ways that support you in producing even greater results for yourself and other people. So we can reframe any situation. There's an outcome reframing. In other words, creating well-formed goals are six elements of a well-formed outcome. If you want to know what those are, email me at Black at likeitmattersradio.com. Mrblack, M-R-B-L-A-C-K at likeitmattersradio.com. I'm a goal-getter. I teach you how to set goals and get goals based on how you're made and what your unconscious habits are. Number two, we can do life events. We can identify memories that cause unresourceful states and replace them with new memories to co- cause a resourceful state. My childhood, for the longest time, was a, was a lot of agony, a lot of hurt. It, it created a lot of anger in me, a lot of resentment, a lot of bitterness. It allowed me to play victim for me, feel sorry for myself. But can I tell you right now, and it happened about three, four, five years ago, I'm a priest of my childhood. I healed with my father. I was able to bury my father. My father went to the grave knowing that he was loved by me. We supported my mom and dad. I delivered his eulogy. Uh, I've forgiven my father. That's between him and God, what he did. But I'm now to this day thankful for my childhood. Without that childhood, without that trauma, without that drama, I would not be driven to be a great father. I poured everything into my daughter, Faith, uh, and my son, Christian. Christian got a little less because I was worried about him. I didn't push him as hard. I did some damage by divorcing his mom, and so uh, he didn't handle it well. And so I, I lowered the bar for Christian a little bit, and he's paying the price for it. I feel bad. But I poured my life into my daughter, Faith. That's why she's an outstanding student. She's got incredible qualities. She's uh, she's flawed. She's broken. But it's because of those things. My childhood is now a good thing. I reframed it. And number three, simple reframing. Changing negative statements into action statements. This is big because this is the narrative. This is that voice in our head. You know, that's why I tell people, shut off CNN. Shut off MSNBC. Because all they're spewing is hatred, bitterness, they're telling you hate people, hate the guy in the White House, destroy him, rape his wife, burn down his house. And the problem is you can't control hate. It's an uncontrolled fire. Now we're hating on each other. We're hating. So you've got to control the narrative. And so instead of saying that your, your boss yells at you all the time, he must not like me, maybe you might consider, reframe it, that your boss truly believes in you, that if he didn't ch- believe in you, he'd give up on you. He wouldn't be talking to you. Maybe instead of saying, I have to pay $4,000 more in taxes this year, maybe you say, man, I'm so blessed. Look how much better I did last year. And so I get to pay a little bit more in taxes. Uh, You know, we can't afford to spend a lot of money on Christmas time this year. I grew up with that. You reframe that. We're going to truly celebrate the true meaning of Christmas and Christmas about giving. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You got my point? But this is how a lot of us talk. I, I can't do this. I, I need eight hours of sleep a day to function. I've never been able to give speech as well. Uh, I, every time I succeed in a big way, I begin to uh, sabotage myself. That is one of those that needs to be dealt with right away. You need to be a door slammer, a showstopper. You need to draw that line in the sound and say up until now. If you want more information about this, I'll be covering more radio shows, but reach out to me at Black at LikeItMattersRadio.com. You are under construction on the Like It Matters radio network. I am Mr. Black, helping you to be more hopeful about your future and reminding you when you live your life like it matters, it does. See you tomorrow. Or actually, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Go to LikeItMatters.net for more information. LikeItMatters.net.
1: Do you want to change your life? Change your destiny? Get the most out of life? Tune in Saturdays at 3 p.m. on Wellness Radio 1570 for the Big Money Club with Chris and Wayne. They'll be in the house filling you in on all the secrets and tips they've learned about making money, saving money, and making dreams come true. And they'll have a little fun along the way. Become a club member and join Chris and Wayne at 3 p.m. every Saturday on Wellness Radio 1570.